Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Alright, morning. You guys like the new doors? I think the visitors team, the door duty team, probably more than anyone. Hey, we got new doors. Yay. Well done, guys. We've got a couple of uh, housekeeping things to do, so before we get into the message, we're going to do that. Can I ask the tithe and offering boxes to go around today, if you don't mind? Uh, it's a principle, like we said last week, we give because God has given to us and we trust Him with everything in us. will not just close your eyes. Thank you, Father, that you sow and pour out on us, and we get to sow and pour back into your kingdom. We pray that you bless us, give us wisdom to steward this, and even the ones that are giving of their, of their income, Father, may, may you show yourself faithful and multiply the rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So as that goes around, let's go through some housekeeping things. I spoke about the India trips. The dates are coming in a week or two. Then we're going to know when you can go to India and how much you have to save. Who can remember how much it costs? 67000 67000 That's all you have to come up with to send all of the delegates <laughs> to India. 627000 Somebody said they even heard my poor enunciation, made them believe maybe it was 627000 <clears throat> in rupees maybe for the entire team. But it, it's going to be fun. I spoke to Duncan and Vasanti yesterday. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a good work that we are partnering with there in Pune. And then, um, why can I never? Why can I not remember with Tony and Linda? Dimapur. Oh my gosh. Open my mind, Lord. So that's coming. The, the, um, we're starting extra prayer meetings. Okay. We are starting extra prayer meetings. There we go. Hallelujah. Three quarters alive, one just woke up. We're starting. So on a Sunday, we're going to pray. Certain Sundays at 5.30 here at the church. Today, I'll be at 5.30 praying with some of the guys if you want to come and join. But the dates will have a sequence to it. Don't stress if you miss this one. If you can, come. It's going to be like 30 to 40 minutes of prayer. Um, and I will announce the, the, the time slots after I've announced it to the eldership team. If that's okay with you guys. Outreaches, please support outreaches, growing and, and equipping. I don't know why I wrote that. And then I want to remind you about the challenge I threw out to you. One invite. Can you remember when you wrote down the names? One invite. Not because I want to purchase new chairs. Because the kingdom of God is advanced one person at a time. Now everybody's looking down at their laps. Are you looking for the names or are you just avoiding eye contact? Come on, guys. The challenge was out there. Let's make it happen. One, I, I, I haven't done one, so I'm, I'm guilty of it also. But come on, let's do it together. Can we do that? Mel, come to the front. This incredible lady has headed up our kids' ministry. For how long, Mel? Three years? Four years. She doesn't look a day. No, over 20. She did it and she, she made it look fun and easy. 
And she took our kids on a journey of discovering God. Um, she took it from one degree of glory to the next. She taught our kids about worship, taught them about understanding the Bible, took them on a journey that church would not be a foreign thing to them when we come into the congregation. We thank you for that. We honor you for that. We, um, we don't want it to be forgotten. We've already treated her and the girls to say thank you, but this morning, uh, um, Triv and Sil, they, they are heading up the kids' ministry oversight from a governance point of view, from eldership. We've got flowers for you, but we just want to pray for the next season. We'll meet this afternoon and decide what else you can get involved with. <laughs> but Molly's come stand with me, some of the other elders. Let's just pray over this incredible lady. Father, we, we thank you that Mel is a living stone in your kingdom. Thank you for what she has poured out in this kingdom, in, in, in this particular body, my God. Oh God, we pray for blessing upon blessing. Lord, we pray for favor in her relationships, favor in her business, favor with those amazing two girls of her laws. Father, that everything she touches will have the aroma and the flavor of God in it and will attract your favor. Father, we honor her for what she has done, where she's taken kids' ministry from, and the amazing platform that she has left to build on. Oh God, oh God, bless her abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. Isn't it just? Thank you, Shantae. Holy Spirit flower, flower, flower purchasing. That's what you do when you find somebody and they pray and they buy the right flowers. I've, asked, I've got some notes this morning. Isn't it amazing? I've done some homework. It's incredible. Can I ask my little helpers to pass it on? There's one for that block, one for this block, one for this block, one for this block. And then please don't just leave the ones. I want all the copies because we recycle in this church. Okay. <laughs> so we're starting this morning with a journey through the book of Colossians. How many L's and how many S's? One L. Two S's. I can't tell you how many times I misspelled it. Oh, it's so frustrating. But um, thank you very much, Franella. Thank you so much. That's right. I'm so sorry that I had to print it a slightly small. But um, I'll go home and switch the light on and do some Bible study by yourself. I got some nice big copies. <laughs> Look at that. And color. Sure. Colossians. I must first give everybody, like children, just the opportunity to look at their notes, and then we can get on. We're not going to talk through the, the, the content of this. It is for you to go home and be inspired. At the top I wrote, learn about and become like. And at the bottom I said, oh, please just read it. Listen to how beautifully I put it. Enjoy your journey with the Holy Spirit through Colossians. Lots of L's and lots of S's. Love the LRC elders. That was not taught by me. That was one of the other elders. But Colossia is a city in modern day Turkey. <laughs> What's that? I, I know. 
Let it go, guys. Let it go. It's so that you don't think of me as superhuman. I'm just a man. Just a man. Just a man. Let's go through some of the stuff. It's, um, he writes this letter to Colossia to fortify it against false teachers who might try to impose strict rules about eating and drinking and religious festivals. Now, thank you, Lainey, for putting together the content. We honor you this morning. Um, the notes I've deleted, thank you so much. Some of the content, because some of it speaks to some of the sections we're going to preach through. But what you've got here is a nice little concise summary of, of Colossians. You can go and read it and look at it. Um, written AD 64. Paul probably wrote it from prison. Somebody else wrote it on his behalf. It was sent by somebody else, Tychicus. Just sounds like a delivery guy. Click on us, Tychicus. Addressed to a congregation that he never planted. He never visited. It's the 51st book of the Bible. It's got four chapters, 95 verses, 198 words, one question, 92 verses of history, three verses of unfulfilled prophecy, and not a single spelling error. Not even one. Why do we talk about the seemingly unimportant and dead facts? Why do we bombard you with that? Why is it important for you to know that? Why should you not just throw the notes away and go and read through it? Because it speaks to the veracity of the Word of God, the Bible. And ever increasing in this day and age, you have to stand firm to know that this is the Word of God. It is historically true. It is inspired and forever relevant. So don't switch off if, if facts and stats are not your, your thing. Switch on. Engage. I, I, I've asked myself, how do I read Colossians? And I thought, read it in a few translations. We know that in this church we read the ESV. But I'll tell you, reading it in the NLT, it's just that the language was constructed differently with the same message, but it sometimes just inspires your mind. Go. It's worth investing at the beginning of a year in an extra translation. Get a study Bible if you can. How do you read it? Let me just tell you, this Afrikaans boyki had to read some of the verses a few times. A few times. And then on top of it, I had to paraphrase it for myself because it's wordy. There are parentheses and there are, are little brackets and little dashes and commas and semicolons and colons. And you will easily lose, lose track of it. Read a verse at a time and paraphrase it for yourself. It will come alive. What do you look out for when you read through this book? The incredible heart of Paul writing to this congregation. The subtle way that he addresses a caution and an encouragement to a church that he, he for the greater part, did, didn't know, only know, knew about. He's got this, this way of getting in there and saying something that you, you receive and then you like, receive it. Oh my 
gosh, did he just say I should not do that as in he thinks I have done that or maybe I have done that. Later in this book, you will hear how they speak about the, the incredible um, challenge that they had of the day there of, of making Christianity law and religion again. And how the day and age came and gave Eastern methodologies. Maybe this plus this equals Christianity. It speaks about a, a, a person who elevated himself to the status of a spiritual guide into Christianity. Is it, is it not what we are confronted with nowadays? Yes, I am a Christian, but I also believe in this. It speaks about angels and angel worship and consulting angels. And he has got this incredible way of saying, focus on Christ. It's probably one of the most read verses or portions of Scripture in this church. My wife has got the incredible privilege of next week tackling that one. The image of the invisible God, the preeminent one. What to look out for. How this book is divided between establishing truth in the first little portion and then application after that. Can you remember what we said to you about maturity when we, when we meandered that topic? It's no use us telling you this is what maturity looks like if we don't tell you how to apply yourself to get to the point of maturity. It's what he speaks about here. Look out for it. I'm reading from my notes on my, my ESV study Bible. It's beautiful. It's leather bound, light brown, similar to the color of my shoes, like tan. Listen to it, what it says. It says, when Paul hears of the spreading influence of this teaching that devalues Christ and fails to appreciate the new identity of believers in Christ, he writes this letter of warning. And encouragement. He doesn't minimize the threat presented by demonic powers. He doesn't say stick your head in the sand, it doesn't exist. He says it exists. But he chooses to emphasize the supremacy of Christ over all powers. Oh. He asserts the unity of Christians with the exalted Christ, not just unity among us, unity with. Christ with the Trinity, which entails their sharing in His power and authority. Colossians. For some people, the 51st book of the Bible, four chapters, 95 verses, 198 words, one question, 92 verses of history, three verses of unfulfilled prophecy. For us, the very life giving words of God. If you endeavor to read this book merely as a source of knowledge, you're going to miss everything. So how do you read this book? With the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Open your Bibles. Colossians 1. 
I'm reading from the ESV. We're going to read from 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Can you understand what I'm saying with paraphrasing and, and making sense of this? Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. And then he goes, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. For all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Remember, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, Father, bless your word. Make it sing and, and come alive to us as we read it. May we be a people that never take it for granted. May we always pursue it with everything in us and, and create in us the insatiable hunger to, to delve in and learn and have more of your word in our lives, my God. Amen. On that point, is there anybody here that doesn't have a Bible or Bible app? <clears throat> Just raise your hands. No shame. There at the back. Okay. Afterwards, just go and put your name down at the info desk. We'll get a Bible for you. We've got some upstairs. Brand new. Mm, still smells like fresh printing. All right. It was donated to be given away and let it not be found in the cupboard. My first point, salutation, verses 1 to 2. I love the word salutation. It's probably one of my favorite words that I learned from the book, Charlotte's Web. Salutation, says the spider to the little piggy salutations. And then he says, what's that? She's like, I'm greeting you. So you look up the meaning of salutation, and it's simply a greeting or a verbal or a nonverbal gesture to say, hi, this is me. He kicks off this, verse 1 and 2. I, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossa, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. Salutations. What a way to greet someone. I wonder how many of you greet people like that when, I, when they come to your house, when we come to your house. In the name of Jesus Christ, I say, welcome. I am a servant of the Most High God. Salutations. No, nobody. None. 
We, we, we throw this under a bit of antiquated practices. Eh? But in Jewish tradition, what happened is the more honor a person had, the further you would run out of your house to go and greet them over there. So if, if, if I wanted to show you a lot of honor, I would run a block and come and hail your, your, your car. That's why when Jesus entered, they all went out to meet him. It was the, the tradition. It was the practice. I want to honor you. I run out and I greet you. Welcome. Oh, person, this, this, and this. To my house, I am this, this, and this. An honor to receive you. Salutations. A greeting. I think we've lost the art of greeting one another as fellow servants of Christ and brothers. I think we've lost the art of greeting people with honor and respect, especially if you walk through a private school grounds. I just don't greet, but not at our school. Terry has done an amazing job bringing it back there. You know what? This salutation speaks to me personally. I, th I feel like, like Paul is saying, I have confidence in who I am. And I have confidence in what he has done in you. Salutations. I am a servant of God. And I greet you as a fellow servant in God. It strips us of our oh-so-present cynicism in society. Because it forces me to tell you what I stand for truthfully. And it forces me to believe the best about you and not the worst. If you don't greet me, I don't think that there's something you are harboring. You just didn't see me. Salutations in Christ. It's an interesting portion here. It says, to the saints and the fellow brothers. And first I thought maybe there were saints. He was talking to those that are abiding by the holiness law. And there, there were fellow brothers that maybe they were Jews or something. But I ended up finding in God an explanation that he's not just saying you are saints. He's saying you are saints and brothers to me. I, I acknowledge who you are. The, the, the word saint means ceremonially. What is it said? Consecrated. Ceremonially consecrated for God. And fellow brothers, I love you with an undivided love. A brotherly affection that knows no end that will cause me to wake up at 12 o'clock and come and help you when your tire has popped. And for that, we have Terry's number for all of you to find. But he, he greets him and he says, this is who you are to me. He doesn't know them. But he gives them the best. You are saints in Christ and you are brothers to me. You know, if you want to find the biggest bickering and quarreling among friends, it's in church. Oh, I'm very pitchy today. I'm so sorry. It's in church. And we gossip about one another. And we, we doubt one another's motives. And we... And here he comes and he says, I call you, LRC, saints, ceremonially consecrated for Jesus Christ and brothers, people that I love with an unconditional brotherly affection. How beautiful is a salutation. Can we get back to the point where we greet one another like that? And then I love the portion where it says, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Lest we forget by 
and, and at the behest of who we serve and we exist. Humility. The humble, humble, humble approach of a mighty, mighty man of God. Oh, Father, inspire us. Inspire us to stay humble. My second point I call justification of the epistle, and, and it's that portion 3 to 8 where he says, Epaphras, your beloved brothers. Now, some of the commentary says Epaphras might have been in prison with him, and that's how he heard about it. But um, it, it justifies his epistle, why he's got the right to write to them, because you know what I've heard lately is that someone in this congregation has heard from somebody else that I've picked weight up. I have heard that somebody heard from somebody else that they think I should not wear golf t-shirts because it shows my inflated waistline. I'm looking at you, Cliffy. I'm looking at you. Hearsay. This Apostle Paul is basing the entire content of an epistle on hearsay. I know all of you think I'm amazing, fat or thin. Can't get enough of this face and hair. Hearsay. He sits and he hears from Epaphras that there's something going on in that church that called themselves Christians. They are no longer living up to being a Christian. They are devaluing, I love that term, Christ and the centrality of who he is. There's a concern. I want to say, when it comes to things challenging Christ and what we stand for, if it's hearsay, it's worth investigating and bringing truth and bringing clarity and bringing the word of God. He didn't own this church. It would be like somebody out of the blue writing to us. We would say, oh, what do you know? But he writes to them. He says, I've heard this from the person that established the truth of Jesus Christ among you that you are trading him off like a cheap trinket. Stop it. It's one of the prison epistles. He wrote to the letter to Philemon or Philemon, however you want to pronounce it. In Afrikaans, it's not Philemon. And he wrote, is it Ephesians? He writes these letters at the same time to the church. He says, read the one in the other church and the other one in the other church. Because just let, let's be cautious. Let's never forget who and what we stand for. I want to say, isn't it great that God can even redeem hearsay? <laughs> That's heresy. I don't think he really likes gossip based on hearsay. But when, I, when you hear that there's a concern with a friend, step up to the plate and confront them. You read this book and he's confronting real issues, but in the most gentle, beautiful, humble way. You know when we lose the plot is when we go with this arrogant stance and we say, let me tell you something.
Take two points from here. An honest rebuke in the conviction and the leading of the Holy Spirit will bear fruit. Be obedient to His voice. The second one, speak up when you hear Christ is being misrepresented. It's just another pastor being locked up by the hawks in this week. What is the cost going to be to the kingdom of God? But the church stays mute. Now, guys, I'm not giving you license to just go to anybody and say, I see this and this and this in your life. Stop, stop listening to it. I'm saying come and submit it to God. Let's pray about it together. But let's not stay silent. Let us believe in the best of one another and build each other up to achieve what he has laid out for us to achieve. In this congregation, you can be safe. When you bring something to the elders, we will go and confront it. We don't just take this portion in, of Scripture into account. We also take that one that says, let the evidence be brought and let a witness be brought. We won't be reckless, but you can stand safe. Number three. It's going to be a quick one. I've only got 12 subpoints. I called it the gift of prayer and thanksgiving. It's this beautiful thing. It starts in verse 3. We give thanks and we pray for you. And then verse 9, we pray for you. And then in verse 12, you giving thanks. There's this beautiful reminder that when we pray for people and we give thanks to God for them, that eventually they will give thanks to God. You want to know how to impress those people that you're too scared to invite? Just tell them, I'm praying for you and I'm giving thanks for your circumstances. And keep doing that because God is faithful. His heart is for them. He desires to, to be in restored relationship with them. But what happens here? He never went to this church. He owns this church in Christ. The people in there. They're his saints. And fellow saints and his, his brothers. He prays for them. Never wastes a moment. But just like I said at the beginning, he's got this clever way of writing a correction in the form of an encouragement. He doesn't go to them and say, stop this, stop this, stop this. He says, why don't you start this and start this and start this? Remember that little portion I wrote to you, read to you from our ESV? Do you remember what it said? He doesn't dismiss the existence of the evil and the demonic, but he chooses to emphasize the glorious power of Jesus Christ. And he takes that through as he writes this letter to them. And here are the things that he says. May you be filled with. That word filled with means crammed full. Have you ever offered a child a, a bit of chips or something from a packet? Okay. Let me then take it closer to home. When I offer my children something from a packet, first of all, Jude grew up always saying, please can I have two biscuits? Never one. <laughs> Gave himself an extra chance. If he said no to two, he said one. But you offer chippies to my, my iris. She, I think if she could lift up a shirt, she would fill the shirt. 
But she takes her hand that as she takes it out, the chips fall. And then she quickly picks it up and eats it. And, okay, shame, I'm, I'm exposing. One of my children does that. The other one sits while her sister eats her food and is not looking. She quickly steals from her plate. That's not Grace. It's not Ava. Cramped full. The hand is cramped full. It's overflowing. It's spilling over. Quickly, let's grab it. Let's go. That is what that word fills mean. And then he says these couple of things. He says, may you be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know what that knowledge means? It means simply recognizing. Recognizing what it is. May you be filled with recognizing God's purpose for your life every day. I pray that you wake up every day hearing the voice of God as you say, this is what you are supposed to be. May you be so filled with it that when the world comes and tells you, you will amount to nothing. You just say, sorry, I can't hear. I'm picking up this little piece on the floor. And as they say it, you say, what is that? I can't hear you over my chewing. God's will for my life is purpose, destiny, life, hope, to achieve what he has set out to do. The second thing he says is, may you be filled with wisdom. Now, interesting fact is that the, fact is that the Bible was, has very little to say about wisdom before Solomon comes on the picture. Then wisdom is just phew, everywhere. Proverbs. Because God says, what do you want? Do you want my wisdom or do you want riches? Or do you want prosperity? What do you want? He says, I'll choose your wisdom. He simply says, God, I want to see your perspective on everything in everything. May you be filled with God's perspective on matters. <laughs> Is that BMW a good choice? God's perspective says no. No, it's not, Johan. It's not. The third one, may you have spiritual understanding. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the, that's it, mom, and then discernment. I wonder if we took the time in our day to day, because let me tell you, I, I, I might not be as busy as, as all of you, but I'm as busy as some of you from a day schedule point of view. I know you guys think I only work on a Sunday, but we actually work on a Saturday and a Sunday. And it's tough because sometimes the internet is slow and when I download the sermons from sermon.com, it takes a while. <laughs> I work. <clears throat> I wonder if we took the time and took a step back and said, God, is this a spiritual battle or is this just a natural thing? Should I fight this thing or should I just let the Lord of hosts go on my behalf? The discernment that he's asking for. Can we sometimes just have the discernment when somebody comes and says, have you heard the latest thing? There are no gold nuggets. Spiritual discernment. Yes, it's of him. No, it's not of him. And rise up and stand against the lure and the deception of the spirit of the age. Filled with the knowledge, filled with wisdom, spiritual understanding. Fourth one, walk worthy of the Lord. 
And how beautifully he says this. He says, I, I honor you as saints, sacramentally consecrated, set apart. And now he says, and then I pray that you will walk in that truth. He doesn't say, I've heard that you're not walking in that truth, that you have become so distracted by elemental spirit. Sorry, I'm jumping to somebody else's portion. You've become so distracted with the teachings of this world. He just says, walk worthy. You know what the beauty is of it? When he says walk worthy, he is saying, in Christ, you are able to walk worthy of him. Have you heard that recently? Turn to the person next to you and say, you can walk worthy of the Lord because He is in you. I'll paraphrase. It's in your own words. Oh, sorry, Steve. Want to tell me? You walk worthy, bro. <laughs> walk worthy of the Lord. <clears throat> that means you are worthy to be called a child of God, a Christian, Christ-like in all of my ways. The next thing is walk pleasing to the Lord. What pleases the Lord? Well, in some cases, abstinence. Oh, can't say that. Marriage pleases the Lord. Singles walking in purity pleases the Lord. Giving pleases the Lord. Generosity pleases the Lord. It's not difficult. His Bible is full of how to walk pleasing to Him. But we can't say that anymore. You want to know why? Come to theology. It's one of the isms of this world. Me-ism. What suits me is acceptable. And if you fall in any of those categories, we are not judging you. We want to walk with you to the best of our abilities and to the glory of God in whatever journey He lays out for you. You struggle with something, come and talk to us. We'll help you. We've got a rule at this el- on this eldership team. If we see a problem, we can't just point it out. We have to do something about it. You can hold us to that. We stand for what God said, love the person, not necessarily the sin that they are in. Interesting chat also by Ravi. He says that in this day and age, we can't call things sin anymore, but we can call them broken. You can say to somebody, you're slightly broken, I can see. And that's still PC. But when you say to them, I see you sinful, oh dear, then you're judging. Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Walk pleasing to the Lord. Be fruitful in all good works. Only thing I want to say here is, Fruitful means it's not just a tree. It is a tree with fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, not for yourself, for those around you. I told you I'm working on patience. I'm going to grow that fruit like, what's that roll dull peach boy? Giant peach. You're going to be amazed at the peach I can serve up. Be fruitful in all good works. Increase in the knowledge of God. Now, previously it was it's filled with the knowledge of His will. Now it says, increase in the knowledge of God. Read His Word. 
Simple. Keep company with people that are in love with Him. He will learn to recognize God and His truth and His flavor and His favor. Be strengthened with all power. And then the next one is, have His glorious power. Be strengthened by His dynamis as you live in His kratos. You guys remember some time ago I preached on that? Only the faithful ones are nodding. I love you guys. The explosive power. When you need to speak up, you live in that. And when you are filled with His power, the kratos power, He is your sustaining power. So walk out here, have his, his, uh, be strengthened with all power. When you have to go out here, you need to sometimes have the Holy Spirit with you so that you can just say to somebody, he loves you with an everlasting love. Boom, an explosion of his dynamis power. And when you go home and you are so tired and you say, oh, I can't, he comes and he says, now I will strengthen you with my Kratos power because those that wait upon me will soar like eagles. Are you getting the difference? Still the same source, God. No difference there. Application just differs. Okay, then number 10. Have patience. How ironic. I want to caution us here. I think he's mentioning patience here because the people started thinking they will conjure up the work of God in and through their lives. Don't we sometimes fall in that category? Melissa and I watch a series, The Blacklist. Anybody else watch it? Thank you. The latest episode, the... Um, oh, I, the guy is evil and corrupt and everything, but I feel so sorry for this man. How these directors make us feel sorry for the villains is beyond me. I can't understand it. But he says, I make my own fate. How many people in this day and age make their own fate? And then they come and complain when that fate takes them for a ride. A wise old man said to me, because of the impatience of the church, the world is filled with Ishmaels and not with Isaacs. The impatience of a believer that is filled with the destiny and the creation power of God will give birth. The question is, are you going to give birth to a legitimate or an illegitimate seed? Eleven. Having endurance to run the race. May you be filled full of the strength and the stamina to run the race and run it with pride. Number 12. May you be found in His joy because His joy is our strength. I love how you see the rich truth of God's eternal world, uh, word coming through in Paul's writings to this church. He takes from the law and the prophet and he says, this is the application. This is the relevance. 
And then I added a 13th one. It says in, in verse 12, He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And we sometimes run the risk as a current church of making people believe that they deserve their inheritance. I can get this. It's my inheritance. It is my right to have lots of money and good-looking friends and my inheritance in God. <laughs> you do not decide what you inherit. <laughs> the person that paid the price of death decides. Who are we to say, oh God, I will not inherit India because it's too hot. I won't go there. Who, who am I? Who am I to say I deserve to inherit a mega church and drive a, a Bentley? Who am I? The only reason there's inheritance for us to share within the saints of light is because the one True God gave himself up. Who am I to say, I can't lead a home group of three people. I'm greater than that. Your inheritance is your inheritance. Find out what it is. Walk in it faithfully with humility. Oh, and you will see the glories of God unfold. And then in conclusion... I'm going to stop the clock. Verse 13. Can you stand with me as I read this as a reminder over us this morning? God's word is eternal. It is true. It is relevant. It is living. It is active. It will accomplish what it is sent out to do. Do you believe that? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Father, where there is darkness in lives, where there is confusion in lives, I pray that you bring your glorious light this morning. Can you just say, God, come and take me out of areas of darkness in my life and obscurity and transfer me into the light that your light can shine in every corner of my life. He has transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. His beloved Son, so that you may be called beloved Son, beloved Daughter. Mads, can you come and pray for that song, please? In whom we have redemption. He makes all things new to His glory. Show me a situation that seems to overwhelm you, and I'll show you a God that can redeem it. Nothing is impossible for our God. And this morning, if you stand here and you say, God, I can't even lift up my hands or my voice to praise you because I have done this, I've stumbled here. I have slipped up here. God comes and he says, 
there is forgiveness of your sins. Forgiveness of your sins. A new, a fresh. Can you just stand for a few moments and say, God, I receive your grace and your mercy over me now. For some of you, you might have to say, God, I accept your forgiveness this morning. I embrace it. For some of you, you're standing here and you're saying, I don't even know Jesus Christ. I've never even been transferred from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of His beloved Son. We want to talk to you. We want to teach you what it is to love Jesus. I want to show you. I want to inspire you. For some of you standing here and saying, I've lost my way. I want to say, it's okay. He's greater than anything. I want to pray with you this morning. Maybe you just want to come to the front and say, God, I just surrender my life anew and afresh. I've lost my way, but in you it's found. Maybe you just want to come and say, God, just help me to see where you want to cram more of you into my life. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.